Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. First Corinthians chapter 8. First Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to be talking a lot about food, I guess. That's what... Uh, but really, it has nothing to do with food, and yet we're going to be talking about food. So, I read in the paper that police arrested two kids yesterday. One was drinking battery acid, and the other one was eating fireworks. You say, well, what do they do? Well, they charged one and let the other one off. <laughs> Someone said that eating dogs is frowned upon. Not just for medical and ethical reasons, but because the meat is also a little rough. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And the theme that we're teaching Corinthians on is Corinth was a church that they they were Christian, but they really needed to develop. They needed to mature. And so with the theme of develop and in this eighth chapter, Paul begins to deal with them about developing their consideration. Developing their consideration. Not everybody is at the same level in Jesus Christ. And they were doing some things that weren't very considerate to new believers. So let's look at it. So verse 1. Now is touching things offered unto idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. So let's look at the first part of this scripture. Paul said, now look, we're Christians. We know that we're not held under the Jewish dietary laws. We also know that we can eat meat that was sacrificed unto an idol. There were lots of uh, idols in ancient Greece and they would sacrifice to them and they would worship the sun and the moon and, and they would decorate these animals and they might have a branding on them and then they would sacrifice the animal in a worship service. Then they would take that and give it to the butcher or whatever and it would wound up being sell, sold excuse me, on the market. And so uh, it would wind up for sale at a butcher shop. So... Paul said, we know that it's just meat, okay? Idols aren't real. Part two of that scripture. The Corinthians, he said, knowledge puffeth up. That means it makes proud, right? Have you ever been called a know-it-all? Have you ever known someone that was a know-it-all? It's not a compliment, right? It's like, I know that. Mm -hmm. I know. It's like teenagers. Hey, um, you know that you need to clean. I know. I know. I know. I know. Hi, wakakta. I got it, right? But that's what the Corinthians were like. Hi, wakakta. I got it. I got it. I know. I know. I know. And they knew everything. It was hard to tell someone who knows everything, anything. So part two, they become so puffed up, proud of themselves because they were Christians. They weren't under the Jewish dietary restrictions. They weren't under, uh, they could eat whatever they wanted. They knew it. But they got this big head and they were careless of others. You see, not all Christians were aware of all of their liberties in Christ. 
So that's what the problem was. And he said, so charity just make uh, charity is what we're looking for. That's consideration of others because charity edifies. And the word edify, where we get the word edifice, which means to build someone up. And that's really, as a Christian, you want others to get built up. You just don't want to tell them how great you are, or how much you can do. Uh, like Garfield. Garfield said, he was talking to Arlene, that's his girlfriend, and Garfield said, but enough about me. Now you talk about me. You know, a lot of people are like that, right? So, but in verse two, he said, and if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing as yet he ought to know. So these Corinthians knew the letter of their freedom, but they didn't know the spirit of their freedom. And Paul was saying, if someone walks around all proud of themselves and they just do not get it, they do not know the thing as they should understand it. Because there are a lot of brand new Christians. So what's being talked about here is, is it okay to eat meat that was offered in a sacrifice to an idol? So there, if you were a new Christian, you would have thought eating this meat, if it was found out, like, hey, this came from Jupiter's, you know, sacrifice, last sacrifice, and it was from the, the feast of the Jupiter, whatever. A new Christian might think to eat that meat would be to participate in the worship of a pagan idol. And so they didn't know they had freedom to eat it. So here's this person who knows eating it and this other person, they're getting in what in Christianity we call it a battle, right? So it's a mental battle. It's like, man, is this wrong? Am I doing wrong? Am I wrong with God? And the other guy's doing it. So, but I'm doing it and it's, it feels wrong. So the Corinthians were creating these situations and they weren't loving God or their brother as they should. And so diets are throughout the Bible. So do you know that we were all vegans in Genesis? Not vegetarians. It looks like vegans. So in Genesis chapter 1, God gave uh, in verse 29, it says, Behold, I have given you every herb. Not a guy named Herb. Not cannibalism, right? It's like, is your name Herb? You're going to have a bad day. Because, you know, God get no. Every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to, for to you it shall be for meat. That's what you're going to eat. didn't mean like meat like steak, but that's going to be your sustenance. You're going to be a vegan. And this is before the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. Furthermore, God said that beasts of the field were vegans. Like, no, it did It did. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to every thing that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it said, and it was so. Now when Adam fell in the garden, there was a sacrifice to cover Adam, that first animal sacrifice, and men began eating meat. Jews had dietary restrictions. They weren't allowed to eat. It's, it's read Leviticus. There's all kinds of animals they weren't allowed to eat and they were allowed to eat, but uh, one of the big ones was pork. They weren't allowed to eat pig, and that's a big meat around the world. Well, in the millennium, so you've got the dispensation we're in now. 
I'm just making the case that diets change in the Bible. We can eat anything we want. But then when Jesus comes back for his church, it's called the rapture of the church. Then you're going to have seven years, which are called the tribulation, when the Antichrist is going to come and be upon the earth. And uh, then after that, there's going to be a battle called Armageddon. And then Jesus wins and he sets up 1,000 years. It's called the millennium. So when Jesus is ruling on the earth, notice this. It says in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 7, And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. So the diet is going to change again, at least for the beasts of the field. I don't know what's going to happen with us. Here's my point. Diets change. So we need to be understanding that we have freedom in God right now. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I thank God for this, right? 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 4. Now, this is what Christians can eat. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Then the Bible says, why? For it's sanctified or set aside for our use by the word of God and prayer. And so when I was in college, I was not a Christian. I wanted to get into this party and I didn't drink at the time. And <laughs> I don't drink now, I'm a Christian, but as, as a young man, I was in college and I wanted to go to this frat party. Well, there's a cover charge and that's all for the alcohol. They don't have fried chicken. They don't have watermelon. They don't have, I said watermelon because someone brought watermelon tonight. Yes. But they don't have food. They just have beer. And it's bad beer. So I, was, I didn't want to drink, but I wanted to get in the party. I said, hey, man, I'll eat that cricket if you let me in. And he goes, yeah. I think he might have already been drunk. So I was sober and just grabbed this cricket, and it was alive. And <laughs> ate the cricket. And if you, keep, if you keep chomping on them, they stop kicking. It didn't taste like anything, like one of these out here, right? Uh, funny enough, John the Baptist... You remember what he ate? Wild honey and the other thing, locusts. Now, he would probably fry them up. He wouldn't eat like me. He didn't eat the raw locusts, okay? And they probably taste okay if you put honey on anything. Fried anything, probably. Look, you could eat fried anything, right? So if you fry a locust, it's probably okay. Well, that is not everyone wants every creature, right? So, But every creature of God is good. Notice it says good. You can eat it. So we want to share here that if some people like chicken feet, some people eat horse. <gasps> really? Go to France and Canada, and it's a delicacy. I know you're thinking, no way. Well, I'm going to eat horse, <laughs> right? Pickled pig's feet, chicken feet, uh, rancid cabbage or fermented cabbage is a big deal all over the world. So what I'm saying is that a lot of people have a lot of different things we might not be particularly fond of, but I'm just sharing as an overview that diets have changed throughout the Bible. So before we just think that we know everything, that there's a lot of things going on, there's one restriction for Christians in eating, and that's blood. That Christians are not to eat blood. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 20, we abstain from blood. So when, when we're doing these things, uh, the Bible says... 
But if any man love God, the same is known of him. So Paul said the way that we deal with our Christian freedoms, it's going to be known. It says if we love God, it's going to be known in our conduct, the things that we do, the things we allow others to see us do. Jesus said he was asked for the two greatest commandments in Matthew chapter 2. What did he say? The first one is to love God with all your heart and soul and mind. And then he said, the second is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. And this is what this is about. The consideration of your Christian neighbor. It's interesting in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And uh, different people have different diets. We just invited a lady to church, if she listens to this. And uh, she said, uh, basically, she eats anything that swims. So she's a pescatarian. She eats fish. And I didn't counter that with, oh, yeah, well, I just ate chicken for dinner. I mean, these things aren't important. And especially if someone, uh, they like it and, and people have... Uh, different things that they, it's not something that I'm going to bring up. Why? As we'll look up in, uh, we'll talk about in a moment, because food doesn't matter as far as heaven. Now, there is something that did matter that Paul wanted to consider. But first of all, verse four, idols are not real gods. So Paul is going to share that, first of all, it doesn't matter if something is sacrificed to an idol. As concerning verse four, therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. Can you be any more plain than that? There's, you know, God said himself, he said, I don't know of any other gods. Now, if Jesus doesn't know of any other gods, there's no other gods, okay? There's only one God. And Satan wants to be God, but he's not God. There's one God. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are sacrificed unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, but there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, you know, people worship all kinds of things in different religions, in different countries, but the Bible said, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we by him. I heard someone explain the Trinity like this. We are all people, right? So we all have a personality because we're all persons. I'm a person. Brother is a person. Sister is a person. Well, the father is a person. The son is a person. And the Holy Ghost is a person. They're not the same. The father's not the son. The son is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not the father. But whereas we are separate beings, we're human beings, right? What's interesting about God is he's three separate persons. It's a tri-unity. So that's where we get the difference of three separate beings. God is united as three separate people 
into one being that we worship as God. I know that's kind of hard to understand. The Bible doesn't use the word Trinity, but the Bible said that Jesus said, I and my Father are one. But yet Jesus prayed to the Father, and Jesus Christ was down on the, on the earth, and the Father was there, and the Holy Ghost came down as a dove. So you have one, two, three persons, but they're united in their purpose. They're united together as God. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Sometimes the Trinity baffles me when I think about it, but that's really how the Bible shows it. So the Bible says in verse 7, how be it, now this is the problem that the Corinthians were facing. So they were lacking consideration when they were chomping down on the idol meat and the new Christian was like, what you eating? Oh man, this was like from the idol sacrifice last night, some ribs, you want some? Verse seven, how be it, there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol Unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience weak, being weak, is defiled. So they see these Christians eating the idol food and like, hey, you want some? You're like, uh, okay. And as they're eating those ribs or whatever the food is, then they start to feel convicted because they think that they might be worshiping in that idol. Maybe they just got saved out of that temple and now they're right back in it eating the sacrifices that they used to be uh, enjoying while they were worshiping Jupiter or Aphrodite or whatever other false god. And their conscience is like, am I betraying God? Is this wrong? And it says it's defiled. So their conscience isn't pure before God. You ever play this game? I used to play this lovely game. All you need is a sidewalk. And the, the game is, and you, you have to really have more than one person. Do you know what this game is going to be called? Step on the crack, break your mother's back. Did you ever play this one in Japan? No. Okay. So here's the game, okay? And especially if you're in a rougher neighborhood where there's a lot of extra cracks running through the sidewalk, where the tree limbs have grown underneath it and lifted up the sidewalk. Your job is to avoid stepping on the crack, right? Any crack. Because you don't want to break your mother's back. Just because it rhymes. That's why the game is called that. Well, your friends try to push you so that you will step on the crack and break your mother's back. Say, preacher, but do you really break your mother's back if you step on a crack? Simply no. We know that, right? But I remember playing that game and you're trying to not step on the crack, right? Who wants to break their mother's back? And that's exactly what they're talking about here. Instead of step on the crack, break your mother's back, it's eat the, 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 the rib in the rack. And I can't even rhyme that with something. And, and let your testimony have a heart attack. No, But you see that when they were eating this meat, they thought they were actually doing wrong before God. And so... You know, if you could see someone that really hated their mom and they were like stepping all over the cracks, like, I hate my mom. Well, that person has a problem, don't they? And that's what Paul was saying. If these people are eating this and their conscience is being, it's being hurt, we don't want to get people in that situation where they think they're doing something that's wrong with God. 
And, you know, it's, an, it's a wonderful thing to have the, the pastor's number. And prior to cell phones, we had, like, Superman phone booths. And uh, so there's a pastor, Pastor Keckle, at the Bible school. And, I, you know, something was bothering my conscience. And I don't remember what it was. It may have been that I got an upgrade in a plane ticket. And I thought, do I have to pay the upgrade because I got the upgrade? You know, they give you free upgrades. And I said, do I owe tithe on that? Because I looked up the plane tickets and it was like, <gasps> you know, from like regular to business class, it's like, you don't even want to know. Okay. And uh, it was something, but it was, it was burdening my conscience. I was like, I don't know what to do. So what do you, what do you do? Well, I went and called the pastor and, you know, thank God for pastors. So I, I went to the phone booth though. I went to the phone booth, put in the 35 cents or whatever. Hey, sir. And it was probably like 11 o'clock at night. Okay, poor guy. Thank you, Pastor Keckle. I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this, but thank you, Pastor Keckle, for being there. And he, he worked it out. And you know what he really worked out? It wasn't a problem. But in my mind, in my conscience, I had a problem. And if you have a problem, or you, and it's like it wasn't anything. And he's like, oh, brother, they don't pay anything for that. You know, They had to get you on the plane anyway. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like that. He goes, oh, brother. And he explained it. I'm like... <sighs> you know what the real difference was? My conscience was soothed. And it wasn't because I, you know, soothed to do wrong. It was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm not wrong with God. So uh, that's what we don't want to get people into the place where they feel they're wrong with God. We want to get them to a place where their conscience is right with God. Okay, so verse 8. But meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we better... Neither if we eat not are we the worse. So eating or not eating meat sacrificed to idols. And furthermore, eating meat or not eating meat doesn't matter in the long run. You know, there's things in, in life that don't matter in the long run. Preacher, but I don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian. Vegetarian food tastes really good. If you eat some Indian food that's vegetarian, anyone like Indian food that's vegetarian? Awesome, okay? Well, I eat meat. Awesome. You know what? Well, I eat meat and, you know, it, it's halal and it was sacrificed to Allah and I've eaten it. Okay, great. But you see, in the long run, there's things that don't matter. It just doesn't matter. Someone says, well, I'm circumcised. Great, doesn't matter. I'm not circumcised. Great, doesn't matter. I wear a tie to church. Great. In the long run, let me tell you, you're not going to get to heaven because you wore a tie to church, okay? Or because you didn't wear pantyhose if you're a lady. <gasps> you didn't wear pantyhose to church? I, I'm not wearing them either. So, okay. But you know, some people, they'll look up and down, and we don't really deal with eating meat sacrifice. This is something from 2,000 years ago. But people will look down upon someone or try to say, you know, you need to do this to really be right with God. And they'll cause someone to have their conscience all messed up. But it's really not something that's in the Bible, okay? Or you need to, you know, brush your hair like that. I didn't even brush my hair before I came to church because I don't have any. But you know that I'm thankful. He said this doesn't matter spiritually, okay? So it doesn't matter either, okay? But... The thing that does matter, and this is what Paul is getting to, so the crux or the, the key to consideration, that our knowledge and liberty can become a stumbling block to others. 
And that's something I don't want to do as a Christian. Okay? I, you know, I don't... Okay, so he said, Take heed, lest by any means this liberty, which means eating meat, sacrifice to idols, is just meat. Take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. And we all say this, uh, you know, and, and please, I don't... Uh, so, some believers do not have their eyes open yet to their liberty in Christ. Uh, but we don't want them to hit something that hurts their conscience. So, now, first of all, I have never been to Hooters, okay? <laughs> I've never been there. And, uh, so, I was at a job site, and they were going to take everyone out to eat. And Hooters are where kind of the, the waitresses kind of wear more scantily dressed or something like that. So <clears throat> I, I declined to go. I said, ah, no thanks. And this one guy made fun of me. Ah, it's not, you know, you, you can do that if you want. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not scared of the restaurant. Do I believe a Christian could go to Hooters? Um, don't find fault with me. But yes, it's, you know that waitresses dress like that? At other restaurants, really, they have bars at other restaurants, clientele dress like that. But there's reasons that I won't go. You know, I'm not going to get a cup. You know, I bring in a cup with water in it, and it's not going to be a Hooters cup. And I'm just not going to set that down and be drinking my water in the Hooters cup. Why? And, I'm, and I haven't got, but I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong to go. But I'm saying as a pastor, I'm not going to have, you know, the gentleman's club and the lady on the pole you know, on the, on, the, on the drink and just be drinking from that. Why? Because I went and got a soda there, you know, or someone brought me a soda out from there. I wouldn't, I, okay. I'm using a modern illustration because, right, you're looking at me like, really? Right. People would be like, wow, that's wrong. It, it's not spiritually wrong to drink a cup of water that's in a Hooters cup, okay? Or even from a gentleman's club. That's completely not wrong, Okay. But it would wound someone's conscience, and that's where it makes it bad for a Christian to do. That's why you don't see me doing it. Plus, I don't go to those places either, because that's what people would think. Oh, preacher is bad, and then, then it's this is okay, and I didn't think that was okay. Look, as a Christian, we have to consider other people too. And that's the reason. There's places I don't go, not because I don't now. A club with strippers in it, that's wrong, okay? But you can show that from the Bible, okay? But other places, there's places that I just kind of stay away from. Why? I don't want to put other people in a battle. And it's not because I can't go there. It's because I don't want other people to say, oh, the preacher's doing that. No, I'm doing that, but I feel messed up. And you don't want to, you don't want to influence others to feel messed up. You want to influence others to be confident in their stand with God. So a stumbling block is something that impedes your progress, right? I moved uh, my daughter's trampoline out of her room uh, into our room for a little while and then I promptly forgot that it was in there and I walked to the bathroom at night with confidence with the light out and found the trampoline with my foot right boom ah! and you just walk right into it well you know there's a lot of people 
new believers in Christ don't have their eyes open and they'll walk right into that. And just it'll be like, a, it'll, it'll hurt. And let me tell you, it hurts because you're not even slowing down, right? You just think, got to get to the restroom and that trampoline. And I didn't jump on the trampoline. I hit one of those legs that came down on the ground. It was, it was lovely, right? And I did it to myself, which is like I couldn't even blame anyone else, right? I even put it right there. So we don't want to do something that causes someone to walk into a wall. And that's, it's not about me. And I know that we don't really have that illustration. I was trying, I don't, I don't go get a soda at a bar. Say, well, is it wrong to drink soda at a bar? Biblically, I can't say that it's biblically wrong. I mean, Outback Steakhouse has a bar. In fact, Reverend Patterson and I just went to eat at a Roadhouse, which is a, a steakhouse, right? A Texas restaurant. And they went to seat us. They have seating inside the bar. You know, the little, little high tables, not at the actual bar, but there's like a, like a pony wall that's like a few, you know, six feet high. And it kind of, you know, makes it a place for the bar. And, and Brother Patterson and I were there with two preachers. And I asked the waiter, the waitress, I said, could we please sit outside of the bar? And I ruffled their feathers a little bit. So will it have been wrong to sit there and eat your chicken sandwich? I don't think it would be wrong. But if someone who's new or a new Christian or just saw me preaching like, oh, the preacher's at the bar, and then their conscience would be wounded. So were you surprised I did that? No? So it wasn't, it wasn't that I thought it was wrong. I have a liberty to eat at the place. There's a bar there whether you're 50 feet from it or two feet from it. I wasn't drinking alcohol. But I, I was thinking of other people. And as a Christian, you start to think about other people. So I hope I try to make some sense of that. And so it takes a little extra time. It puts you out a little bit. We waited, what, two minutes for a table. And then when they didn't bring me my fries, I waited for a longer time to get my fries. Because, like, someone ate them on the way or something. So, I mean, it was like three or four fries hanging out on the, like, hey, um, excuse me. I did ask about that. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge sit at meat at the bar, no, at the idol's temple, Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish whom, for whom Christ died. So he said you can cause people to lose their salvation. That's pretty rough. Because they'll start to sin against their conscience. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth. Listen to what he said. Lest I make my brother to offend. So Paul said, I'm going to watch out for the other people. I'm going to watch out for the brothers. And Paul said, if I had to give up meat, just meat and be a vegetarian so that there just be no misunderstandings. Paul said, I'd do that. Lest if, you know, a Christian was going to lose their salvation, getting confused about this idol stuff. He said, I just give up meat. That's how much he loved people. Thank God. We're not really dealing with meat offered to idols. That's not something. But I hope I shared a few illustrations that uh, understand that as we go through life, we are an example of the believer. I know Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Because God said, where's your brother? He said, I'm not on Abel watch. I don't care. Really, he had just killed him and hit his body in the ground. But we are our brother's keeper. And we are the ones that should care about our brothers and sisters. And so we want to make sure that 
we do them right and let them grow. The Bible says in 2 Peter, in grace. We need lots of grace. Church should be a safe place. We should be safe to bring new people up. Amen. So if you have any questions about that, ask me after church. I don't know if I made This is a 2,000-year-old document, but it's very, very uh, practical for nowadays. Consider others. Amen.